Good morning and welcome to the Truth to Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, VGR Nathan, and with us today is co-host Bruce Whitaker. Welcome, Bruce. Hello, good morning. Good morning, VJ. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. So with us today is Julia Senso, health and wellness advocate. So Julia, why don't we start the conversation off with your background? Tell us a little bit about uh, where you come from and where you were born and all this kind of stuff, some stories about uh, growing up, all this, all this uh, good stuff. Okay. Thank you, um, Nathan. I thank you for such opportunity given to me and also my lovely people listening to us. Um, so basically, um, Julia is um, a young girl who was born in um, a small village called Mount Nine of Obwasi Road. And um, I remember I spent my early days in Mount Nine, so we fed them on, move on to another city called um, Homase. And I can remember I used to walk about four miles just to get access to school because um, schools by that time was not really a priority of that neighborhood. So um, I remember I used to, you know, really struggle getting access to school. And life start, started getting better in the um, um, early 2000s. So I remember in 2003, um, we moved to the bigger city that is in Kumasi. And um, life started getting better. So um, I had my basic... I have to start afresh, start my basic elementary school. And um, I remember growing up, most people used to say, Julia is definitely going to be an architect because um, I used to skirt and all sort of that. But um, um, in the mid, you know, 2000s, that is around 2005 there about, people started saying, you oh, know, Julia is going to be um, a soccer player because I was also active in soccer and all sort of that. And... Um, when you know, I went to um, my um, elementary school. Um, I noticed I also had the skills for um, fixing things and all sort of that. So it became obvious that right after school, Julia is going to be electrical engineer or electronic engineer. So um, throughout my whole life, I noticed um, there was one pattern, and my pattern was um, I see the beauty in anything that comes my way. Because soccer wasn't just my hobby, but I could also make it a career someday if my um, formal education doesn't work for me. I noticed my sketching skill can also create a job for me if my formal education doesn't work for me. So sometimes I do sit down and analyze myself. There is one thing that, you know, that is similar throughout my whole life, finding alternatives in life and making life a better place. So um, I went to high school somewhere 2011 to 2013. That was Yasantua Girls Senior High School. I completed and I had to stay in the house for almost three years because I couldn't get into um, universities in Ghana because universities in Ghana are really, it's not as easy as over here. Um, sometimes it is about whom you know. And while staying in the house for like three years, I took it upon myself to learn a little bit about electronics. That is fixing phones, you know, learning much about the component of electrical devices. And it was a great experience. And I remember when I was there, people used to say, what is wrong with this girl? Doesn't she have anything to do with her life? She's supposed to be going to school instead of wasting her time here. But I knew 
life has its own, you know, uniqueness that gives you us each and every day. So I embrace anything that comes into my life. I was there in that electronic shop for almost six to seven months. And fortunately, I had opportunity to join my father over here in November 2016. And when I got here, life, you know, I saw America because I've heard a lot of America and all sort of that. So I remember um, somewhere early January 2017, um, I went out trying to look for a job. And it was a little bit sad because I went in, I showed my resume, and the guy asked me, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Africa. Then right after that instant, the manager said, I'm sorry, miss, there is no job because um, I don't like your accent. I felt bad, but at the back of my mind, I pretend I didn't hear what he said. But I remember when I was leaving that store, I told myself, I'm going to learn become a better person so that someday maybe i could get a place in that job and thanks be to god um life has started getting better um i had opportunity to go to queensborough community college to get my associate in health administration but before that um i had this wonderful job on campus um i saw this posting that um a job to help advocate and create awareness in young lives so when i saw that i was like whoa that would be an, a good example for me because i love advocating i love sharing ideas with especially the youth and i love giving options to them so i did apply for this job and when i went for the job interview i wasn't as confident as i am today because you know, because of the what the man told me earlier was kind of suppressing me. So I went in with no hope and um, I knew I was not going to get hired because I knew I didn't give up my best. But after three days, I had an email from my supervisor that congratulations, I would like to offer you this job. And trust me, that job has been who I am today. I got a job as a college assistant in um, my campus, that is Queensborough Community College. I've been working with CUNY for almost more than two years, two years and some few months, and that job has really, really shaped me. I worked there my first year, it wasn't easy because, you know, speaking to people, reaching out to people, it's not that easy. But like upon all the ups and downs during my second year, I remember my manager came to me and she was like, Julia, I remember when you came for the interview, you were like um, a person in a shell. And she was like, let me give this young girl the opportunity. Let me give her the chance to break out of that shell. And she said, indeed, that shell has been broken up. She can see I'm not confident. I now feel free to talk in public and I've now become a better person. So the focus of this whole program that I was part and has really shaped my life was um, was an initiative by a former major because they noticed that the number of students who go to school, who goes to college is not the best because somewhere in, it was projected in 2009 that about 56.6 million students like from elementary, middle school to high school it was approximately 56.6 million, but 
at that same time it was just about 19 million of these students who goes to college so just see the like just see the gap 19 and 56 there is a huge bracket so that is when this initiative came in as cuny explorer to you know um hire college students for them to share their personal experience so that they can relate with this you know young generation who think college is for the book smart people who think college is so expensive who feel like oh my dad is poor so i cannot go to school and i can tell you one time a student walked to me and said miss julia i taught stem or theme it used to be stem but now they've added the art system to it so it's now science technology engineering art and mathematics i taught steam was for the brilliant students but through you i have noticed and realized science is in our everyday life and i was like indeed a mission a goal has been achieved because the whole purpose was to eradicate the notion that um the notion that most youth have about education have about college and also stem in general so that very day i i kept on reflecting on it that is this the time for my call because i can see you know a change i can see a mission has been accomplished yeah. so basically that is you know um from ghana the transition from ghana the transition into this country the jobs that I've done and how they have really shaped me to make me who I am today. So what would you consider your life mission and work? Um, the values that drive you? What are the values okay. that drive you? Yeah. So the values that drives me with uh, is any effort you put in life, it pays. It might not pay today. It might not pay next week, but definitely it's going to pay. It could be in your absence, but yesterday it's going to pay. And the fact that every human being is born out of love. And when we show love, no matter, you know, all other things, anything can be achieved. So this is this two thing that drives me. Okay. And um, that's very good. Good mission and values. But what would you say now um, as far as visualization for the future? What, what are your goals and what are your... What, what is the mission that drives you? Like we covered values, but what would you say is the mission that you'd like to accomplish in your life or, um, and be, yeah. So um, my mission that drives me in the next 10 years, I see myself helping the world to get a better health policies that is uniting African together. African shooting will be united through our cultural practices, through maybe our belief, but Without culture, without our belief, African can still be united. So basically in 10 years from now, I want to be one of the people who helps the whole world to get better health policies because health is a bigger issue in my country, Ghana. And um, it is my dream that someday I also pursue a little bit of law and also help structure the health system in africa in a whole make um health workers more accountable make health a better you know system provide more infrastructure 
and also advocate to the youth as well. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So Bruce is saying when you say African unity, Julia, yeah. what what does that mean? Is it uh, there's so many cultures in Africa and uh, we've seen in Europe some of the challenges of trying to meld a multicultural uh, continent. But what does African unity mean to you? OK, so to me, African unity, this is um, a different approach. Someday, maybe I'll propose to the whole world to see if we can all bite it. How I see African is African, it's about time Africa decontinualized itself. You know, when you go to Ghana, you go to Cameroon, you go to Togo, you go to Ivory Coast, we all have borders. It is about time we see those borders as, as just imaginary lines. It shouldn't be real in real life. Because if I'm from Ghana and I see a fellow Nigerian, there is no difference because at the end of the day, when all these secondary you know, identity, I'll talk much about it, all these secondary identities such as our culture, I believe, our religion, all these things were secondary. And our real self, that is our real <laughs> self, is what we should focus on. At the end of the day, we are all humans. We are all human. It doesn't matter my height. It doesn't matter my complexion. It doesn't matter my education background. We are all humans. So it is about time. Africa decontinualized itself, form a unity because what Ghana might be having, Nigeria might be lacking in terms of resources. What maybe Togo might be having, Ghana might need that same resources. So it's about time. We all be you know, our neighbors help us be there for each other. And I think it will take Africa really far. So there is mm. the need for unity. Yeah. And what is the philosophical traditions that have influenced you, the schools of thought over the years, and how has that kind of informed your perspective about, about love and about compassion and about um, for the need for, for this kind of thing? Yeah. So what has really um, shaped me, I would say my supervisor, that is Miss Sherry. I really, I always, each day when I wake up, I say, um, God bless this woman. She has really shaped my life. And also some few books that I've read and also some few people that have come in contact with them because the society, you know, gives people identity that, oh, if this person is black, if this person is green, if this person is yellow, it is assumed that that is how they behave. But in real life, when you get involved in these people, it's a different experience all over. So based on my personal experience and encounter with people, I am able to make a personal discovery and get a personal understanding, not just what the society is making me believe, not just what I'm reading on the internet, but from a personal understanding and discovery okay yeah it's good and i think that it's important to kind of find or rediscover our pathway to the heart and the heart-centered approach so that then we can uh, operate from a way that we're creators we can operate from a way that we're mo we're movers or we're we're um would you agree and and that in what way can we do that 
like this so we're so encumbered by the idea of planning and uh you know having our harboring our plans but be opening ourselves up to the universe and opening ourselves up to um and surrendering i think to the universe is a very important practice uh but at the same time you know keeping ideas about what we want and manifesting the what we want in the world um and how we can practice that so what is the what is what do you say is the essential practice that you do that has helped you to manifest things in the world helped you manifest um you know pathways for yourself opportunities for yourself no okay so um i have i realized um in 2017 there was this program that i got um i got opportunity to be part of it that is whitney women in technology entrepreneurship that is um they groom young ladies into tech people young ladies who have interest in in tech they give them you know their their startup they coach them they mentor them they give them resources so i was in this group and i noticed um there were asians in it there were indians in it it was like so many group of people but like um sometimes because the society has given you know has preconditioned our mind that oh asian behave in this certain way and it's so obvious it gets so into us without even our you know our realization so during that program i noticed when i approach these people they are different from what i've been preconditioned to believe um i remember um one time I was in the library in Queensboro and um there was this lady she was struggling she had a bunch of books and I was trying to help and she was like oh I thought black people are no good so I think it's about time we go out there find our own personal discoveries and experience we shouldn't just you know based on what we've been told based on what our culture has said about other beliefs not just based on what our mom our school our society is you know making us believe life goes beyond that life i see life to be you know a wonderful you know experience and when you you know you embrace its wonderfulness you know you see the real beauty of it everybody has you know um at least if the person is the worst person on earth at least there is a little bit of kindness in each individual and it's about time we seek those little kindness little goodness in people not just focusing on what the society has brainwashed us to just believe yeah i was just reading an article about like how small differences create more animosity than large differences that seems like you know when we get closer and closer in uh um perspective and these small differences actually sometimes create more animosity than like large differences but even large differences sometimes you know the understanding through personal experience that you know cultures and and identities and and all this kind of thing all these kind of ways in which we associate with ourselves and our culture um these things are not big divides you know they're actually you know small gaps to jump over and and reach out with our heart to people in a connection way and connected to each other. So, yeah. I was going to ask uh Julia, what is um 
you know, obviously we're at a very important moment for African-Americans in this country for justice um, and, and how people treat each other in the ways that you're talking about, whether they're small differences, perceived differences, um, conditioning or, ex, you know, prejudices we grow up with. We talk a lot about implicit bias and so forth. Have, do you, how do you see, uh, you have an interesting perspective recently arriving here from Africa. How do you see America's um, evolving now in it, our treatment of uh, African-Americans and uh, basically progress and justice in this country? I mean, okay, so I will see um, from little history that I have seen, I have read, and from the little thing that I've seen on the media, I've been here for, you know, three years and some few months. I have realized that, um, you know, it's still the same back in, you know, the 50s, back in, the, um, back in you know, 100 years ago. I don't really see much, you know, evolvement in terms of, um, in terms of love. I want to narrow my talk, in, you know, to love, in terms of love. Because the same way an American feels that he deserves to leave, that is, I personally feel that is the same way African Americans too also deserve to leave. It's the same way an Asian deserves to leave. And I don't really see much, you know, of the good side of it because history is some kind of like repeating itself. It's repeating itself. And I think. It is not, we shouldn't focus on the system. We should focus on our individualism because we make up the society. You and I make up our system. So if our system is not right, we have to check ourselves. We have to analyze what am I doing to make this system not work as effectively? What am I doing, my inaction? What impact is my action, you know, causing in our society. So I think most of us think, oh, it is the system or it's the law, or, you know, the president, the Congress are in charge, but come to think of it, it still bounced back to us. It is still bounced back to us because if you feel you deserve to leave, that's the same way a person who is not in your culture, a person who doesn't believe in your beliefs, a person who doesn't work with you, a person who is not blood related to you, it is the same way that person also deserves to live. So I think there has not been much changes. If I compare history to years, years ago, I don't really see much changes. And I feel it's about time the world take a different turn. We focus our individualism because we make up the society. Yeah, we definitely need to empower each individual to take their place in history, take their place in the progress, to move the progress forward so that then each person is taking responsibility. It's not just about other people or other people's problems or other people's treatment of other people. And that's, I think, the major trap that we fall into, that we're like, oh, if only that other person would treat that other person better, uh, that we'll do, a, we'll be a better society, and we'll be a better, uh, we'll show more love if the other person treats the other person with more love. We need to take responsibility for ourselves and also hold accountable others. But at the same time, 
um, you know, take responsibility for ourselves in our own lives and get down to the basic roots or the foundation of our life and understand how am I treating other people? How am I perceiving other people? How am I perceiving myself even? Um, in what ways do I uphold or, or dismantle the um, ideological foundation upon which the system is perpetuating? You know, what do you think about that? I think you are very, very right. You know, that's the same fundamentals of me. And um, I would like to elaborate a little bit on it. Last night, I was just, you know, I was just casting my mind. Um, most of my friends say is I do, you know, I do worry a lot. It's not I do worry a lot. I just want to be conscious of my actions. I, every action that I take, I want to be conscious of it because every action has its own implication. It could be a good consequences or it could be a bad consequence. So I'm always conscious of my action. So I realize um, every human being is born in their natural states. And we all have learned from our psychology, our nature and our you know, nature aspect. Every human being is born in our natural state. And right after birth, our nature aspect kicks in. That is the secondary identity that the society gives to us. So a typical example is, I am me, and I've been given the name Julia based on my gender. I belong to a society or a culture A. My favorite team is maybe team Z. I belong to maybe religion um, C. I currently have my diploma or my high school diploma. All these, you know, all these are secondary things. This which kicks in because right after bed, I am uniquely made to accomplish a specific task, a specific mission that makes me unique. And that uniqueness is universal among every human being because we are born out of love. And the basic uniqueness of humans is love. So, uh, right after that, as I said, this secondary, you know, um, identity does, you know, it kicks in. So it is up to we human beings to maintain our natural uniqueness, which is out of love. And we shouldn't allow this secondary, you know, identities that a society, you know, cast on us or, you know, we adapt whilst we're growing. It's still Julia, which is me. And these other things are secondary identity. In relation to that, uh, in, re in relation to what I just said, that means um, Julia becomes, Julia is still Julia, no matter my level of education, no matter my color, no matter my, maybe um, my experiences, there's still, you know, there's still uniqueness of Julia is still intact. So sometimes, um, I do ask myself, people say, oh, Black Lives Matter because that is what is going on all over the world. I think it's about time. It's not just Black Lives which matters. It is not just Blue Lives which matters. It is not just Yellow you know, Lives which matters. It is not just Asian Lives which matters. Every life matters because every soul, every soul, it doesn't matter their color, it doesn't matter their height. It doesn't matter their 
you know, political affiliation, it doesn't matter the education background. So for us, it's a human being, their lives or their soul matters. Because when you attribute, you know, when we tend to focus on all these, you know, color code that is being given to us by the society, indirectly, we are also being racist. Because the bottom line is, I am a human being. It doesn't matter my color. It doesn't matter my education background. It doesn't matter how I belong to this post team. It doesn't matter I belong to this political party. It is still me. And the same way I wish good things for myself, it is the same way the other person with a different color, a different belief also deserve to live. A typical example, we should just think of it. How sports unite us no matter our cultural differences. We should just think of how culture, certain cultural practices unite us no matter our height. Just think of how the MTA driver, the pilots do their jobs no matter the gender or the gender of their passengers or their crew members. Just as a farmer plants, weeds, harvests, cultivates their crops to you know, feed the entire whole world without necessarily focusing on the language barrier of their consumers. I think it's about time we all cast these secondary titles, this secondary identity which has been imposed on us as humans. Must culture only unite us? Must sports only unite us? Must you know, our political affiliation only unite us? No, all these things shouldn't be you know the motive for unity yeah humans are born out of love naturally humans are born out of love and it's about time love shouldn't be on condition because she's part of my political party because she works with me because she's a family member it's about time we all do away with these ifs these conditions and unite naturally as humans and i think the world could be a better place i think that uh unity is definitely important as far as like acceptance and when we come to identity like, there's a lot of things going on here but um i, I would just want to address identity and how we have these and i just echo what you were saying about how we have all these tags of these uh, identifications um how we have all these things that you know for example with myself it's like Oh, I, you know, I, I'm a male, I'm a, a Indian American, I'm a, a, I was born in this country, all this kind of thing. And, and how, what that means, uh, what, that, what that implies for my identity and how rigid we can be about these identi identifications um, and how they can also restrict us. They can be a double-edged sword that we have various identifications and that we need to then... Um, kind of assigned that are assigned to us almost from birth and how we how we relate with these identifications and how they can limit us in ways in which in reality when we're in different positions or different uh, places in society um, how we respond authentically may not be in line with those uh, identifications you know those identifications may limit us in how we respond to real life situations and uh, we want to have uh, the opportunity to give ourselves the opportunity to free up the possibilities so that, that 
We, we live in an axis in which all possibilities are possible. And we want to choose or discriminate in a way that we respond authentically from a loving perspective. And breaking down what that word love means, I think it means surrendering to the universe's flow. I think it means like understanding that we're creating a world that is more powerful than the one before it. Um, you know, as each arising of the world happens, as the moment to moment arising of the world happens, we want to create a more powerful world, a more solidified world, a more loving world. But I think that word love sometimes is overused and it's kind of almost impenetrable in a way that we have to find our own pathway into it. We want to find our own heartfelt centered. We want to find a way in which we're able to accept that people have different perspectives and that we want to listen and understand that their perspective is informed by the position they are in, in, in uh, yeah, their position. So our positions also inform us um, where we are, what the circumstances, what the circumstances were that we grew up in, what the circumstances grow, that we're growing up in, that we're in right now. And all these circumstances um, definitely inform our position. So, um, yeah, what do you think? So, um, what I think, and um, to add on to what you just said, um, sometimes we do, you know, um, overuse the word love. But it shouldn't be that because um, if you think uh, you believe in love because um, the people in your neighborhood, you're nice to them because they live in your neighborhood. Sometimes we do feel like um, love should only be directed to people with similar beliefs, with similar cultural practices. That is not love. That is limitation. That is limitation of, you know, human. Because I don't see why my cultural practice should, you know, um, condition me to just love people, the people who believe in my cultural practice. That is not love. Because... When we talk about human soul, the word human soul, human souls have no adjectives. It has no level of degree in terms of ranking, you know, human soul. Every soul is on, of the same rank. It has no adjectives. So if a person feel like, oh, um, this, the black soul is not that important. The white soul is not that important. Maybe the... The Jewish show is not that important. You are not being real to yourself. Because in terms of love, every soul is equally the same. Every soul is equally matters. Every soul equally is important. Because come to think of it, if you know we take all this physical look, we take all our physical look, our cultural program, everything is still, as I said, it's still bounced back to, you know, the basis of human, which is out of love. So it's about time I keep on saying um, the world should take, you know, a different perspective in terms of describing the word love. And our cultural belief, our political affiliation, our level of education, our geographical look, they shouldn't be our limitation in terms of expressing love. Love is a beautiful thing. It is not just about the president 
life matters. The governor life matters. The senators love, you know, life matters. The NBA player life matters. The celebrity. Every life is of the same skill. So for us, the president's life is important. That is the same way the civilian's life also important. So every life is uniquely made and deserve, you know, a better thing. So that is what I also like to add up to what you said, Nathan. You were mentioning, Julia, your plans to uh, go back to Ghana for a little bit and do some work with youth there. Do you want to talk about how you would apply what we've been talking about to, uh, to your work when you go back? Yeah, I will, I will add it because um, I'm thinking of getting a different approach. I know um, in Africa, there is this notion that when a person is highly educated, when a person is in a political party, when a person is maybe is a leader, we are, you know, we the normal citizens are supposed to, you know, um, worship them. It shouldn't be that. Everybody, that's the fundamentals. Everybody is uniquely made and every soul matters. So um, I'm trying to get a foundation that I'll reach out to people, relate with them, you know, we all do. I'm the practical person when in terms of doing hands-on activity, we all going to do the same thing together. And most people have the notion that, oh, when somebody travels overseas, they are better than them. No, they are not. We are all equally the same. So the notion, you know, the fundamentals of getting this foundation is, you know, everybody is uniquely made. Everybody is important. It doesn't matter your geographical location. It doesn't matter. Your geographical location doesn't, you know, limit you. So the whole thing is like um, to go back and empower this youth, make them believe that, you know, Julia was able to make it is the same way you're also going to make it. Just put in a little effort, put away, you know, your your cultural belief, your, you know, um, Maybe all these things that, you know, this secondary um, identity that society has imposed. Let's cast all those things out, unify ourselves because we are all humans and anything we plan to do, we can do because Africa can only move when Ghanaians don't feel they are more superior than, like, than, than the Nigerians. When the Nigerians don't feel like, oh, their culture is more better than South Africa. When South Africans do not feel like, oh, maybe um, they have more resources than maybe Ghana. The whole thing is we all should be our brother's keepers. We should all help each other. Help them. What somebody is lacking, you help them. But that doesn't mean maybe you are better than them. So this is like the genesis of my foundation. Just to clear people's you know, notion that oh, others are better than them. No, we are all humans, and our souls are equally the same. And how? What kind of programs would would you put in place to help people come to that understanding? So what I was thinking is, I noticed since um, I'm good in, uh, I love sporting activity. I was thinking I'll be organizing sporting activity. I've started making inquiries and reaching out to some few. Um, people who are into sport that, you know, we organize, you know, um, 
you send flyers around, um, broadcasted, made people aware that, oh, maybe within this month, this is what is going on. And as people come to play, you know, um, participating in sporting activities, at the same time, there will be seminars, there will be um, youth empowering, there will be gifts given out, um, uh, maybe there will be, we'll be given out to the community as well. So, I intend to approach this whole thing through sparking events. And when um, it kicks, you know, when it succeeds, then maybe the second year or subsequent, you know, days, I will start going to, you know, rural areas because these people really need that. These people are the most deprived. We visit these rural areas. And also, I also channel my attention to high school students. Because I noticed most high school students feel like, oh, they are going to school for their parents. They are going to school for their society, not knowing every, you know, level of education that they get, every skill that they get, it is for their own benefit. Fine, your mom will be proud of you. Your dad will be proud of you. Your society will be proud of you. But most of the, you know, good things, it still comes back to you. Because at the end of the month, you're going to look for a job where you're skilled and you're going to take your pay, your, you know, your paycheck wouldn't go to your mom. Your paycheck is not going to go to your society. So if you do something and you do it really well, you will enjoy most of it. So just to clear those notions, because when I was in high school, I noticed a lot of things. People didn't take school seriously. People were, you know, um, it was in the boarding school, people were, you know, they managed to escape and all sort of that because they felt like they're going to school for their mom, they're going to school for their dad. But if you do something and you do it good, you will benefit most. So that is how I intend to um, approach this foundation that I have in mind. Mm. Do you, uh, are there patterns that you see uh, other organizations that have worked like that, that have had success in doing that? Are you uh, patterning this after something or are you kind of charting out on your own territory? So um, last year, somewhere last year, I started reaching out to some few um, organizations. There's this lady, um, she's called Madame Patience. Um, she has this little foundation and I noticed she's been struggling. So what I'm trying to do is that I'll reach out to, you know, possible existing foundations, which are not that stable. So someday if we can all unite, put resources together, make it a better way, or, um, I'll still go along with my, but I will, you know, I'll let them that if I need resources, if I need their skills, they will come on board. So it is not just about maybe my foundation. It is about, you know, the youth interest, how best we can resolve the current situation at hand. So um, I also plan to work with them. There is this organization in um, Nigeria that is um, they empower youth, um, specifically females who wants to go into, you know, um, technology. So um, I've been chatting with them for a while. I've made them aware. I made them aware last year that I have this idea in mind. And they were like, if I'm ready, they are also ready to give me all the assistance, all the guidance, all the support, because I believe in cooperation. Because mm. the more we cooperate, maybe my limitation could be their strength. And their strength 
could also be um, my limitation or maybe vice versa. So um, I intend to partner with um, some existing foundation and also um, maybe probably someday some of these bigger, you know, international foundations as well. So the whole yeah. thing is built on cooperation because it's not just one person idea. And mm. the more we cooperate, the more solid this, um, this whole thing will be. Well, Definitely congratulations. Won. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good. And uh, one thing that kind of caught my attention or thing that's coming to my mind is how, you know, when we're, we're being real to the circumstances, we're being, we're being in the moment, we're being present in the moment, we're not encumbered by these um, kind of intellectual differences or these planning or this kind of like uh, conceptual cultural differences that we're able to, just like in sports, we're able to be present and respond to, I think it's a good practice that we're able to respond to each moment to my moment arising and achieve our goals um, for our, uh, for our uh, practice. And that, you know, that actually what's blinding is these intellectualisms or these kind of, you know, kind of overly thinking about things um, to the point where we're like not um, present in the moment, but that's something to explore. I think in practices like uh, like when people engage in physical sports, you know, they're able to uh, practice that and uh, come together and listen and understand each other in a way that is uh, more uh, present in the moment. So it's a good thing for youth, I think, to experience and for all people to experience. But uh, to practice that and kind of guide them through that realization. Um, but I just want to do a couple quick announcements as we start to wind down. This is the Truth to Power show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn uh, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Listen to support radio. Um, we have an event coming up uh, now that we're starting. Uh, it's actually a virtual benefit. Undercover virtual benefit of the music industry. It's start time is at 8 o'clock um, on uh, June 20th. And the event, Undercover concert series starts Saturday, June 20th. The performances by Ask Jesus, Ask Jesus, The Big Easy, Eccentric Method, developed by The Visceral Glitch, and Azim. Undercover is a virtual benefit concert series that pairs two musicians to perform original versions of each other's songs. Undercover provides opportunity for fans to enjoy the live music experiment experience from the safety and comfort of their home while raising funds for artists whose incomes have been already um, adversely affected by COVID-19 crisis. Via $1 early ticket purchases and virtual tip jar, a percentage of donations will be distributed to the musical Musicians Foundation as well as participating musicians. Tickets are available at dice.fm. To learn more about the concert series, visit undercover.nyc. So if you're interested in finding out about the uh, virtual benefit for the music industry, Undercover, um, go to undercover.nyc, and it's on uh, June 20th uh, at 8 p.m. So um, then also I have a couple of little quick uh, announcements. Uh, so if you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn on your computer, free yourself up by downloading the mobile app going to the Play Store for iPhone or Android. Uh, unfortunately, if you have a BlackBerry, you're not in luck, but 
if you have an iPhone or Android, you can go to the App Store on uh, in the respective stores. Um, be sure to listen to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest information about new programming, upcoming RFP events. You can sign up at radiofreebrooklyn.org/newsletter. Um, so once again, um, Radio for Brooklyn is listen to support radio. So COVID nineteen is uh, has been a very um, disrupting everyone's lives right now and Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host, staff, and community at large. We've closed both our studios and canceled live events, although now we're starting to phase in returning to the studios uh, as starting today. Uh, but our hosts will still be doing their best to continue bringing new original programming, broadcasting live, and, and etc. Most of our revenue stream evaporated. We need your help. We realize that you may be hurting too, but if you can't afford a small donation, it would go a long way towards helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag uh, that we would like to send to you to say thanks. We can also use your phone to text RFB give 5 that's the number 5, to 44321. It can only take a moment, and it'll use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com smile and register Ready for Brooklyn as a nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB, and it'll cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish you all listeners health and happiness as we weather the storm together. Thank you. Okay. So returning to our conversation. So yeah, so as I was saying, it's like uh, what I'm kind of getting out of this conversation, I think also is that there's a lot of um, like baggage associated with uh, cultural identity and and all this kind of thing. And we feel like we have to kind of uh, subscribe to certain things that are not real to our position, our actual position in the world that we're uh, individuals that are navigating this world and kind of focusing on individualism, I think, is important to free ourselves from the kind of um, limitations that ideological uh, identification can bring with it. You know, would you agree, or how would you how would you digest ideolog ideologies? ideologies? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nathan, I do agree with you because um, if your culture makes you, you know hate somebody or not like somebody if your political affiliation makes you make you know form um take decision which will go against your opponent if your religion impose something on you which do not make your life that comfortable i can say you are mentally enslaved you know all these things shouldn't be a boundary for expressing love love should be expressed to everybody the same way you deserve it that's the same way other people to deserve it it doesn't matter what they believe and what they don't believe in yeah yeah i definitely agree and i think that we're able to get to a point where we're able to be more authentic be more real be more loving when we are able to kind of keep informed by perspectives but not enslaved by them or not like like uh indoctrinated by them i think yeah yeah 
Okay. So, Bruce, any last uh, thoughts? I was thinking about playing a song at the end. We have a <laughs> song, uh, Saltwater by Jewf, uh, Jewelf. Uh, so I was playing, thinking about playing that at the end. So any last thoughts about uh, the conversation? Well, I was just very impressed really by your notion that um, our, our, the love that we all have is often sort of mitigated or weakened by these secondary identities that are imposed on us as we grow up. And uh, I think that uh, one way I respond to that is that um, when you live in a, in a sophisticated society, you also tend, one of those identities is, I do this, but I don't do that. Um, I may teach, I may work, I may do these things, but I don't get involved in politics. I don't get involved in the community. And I think that these, these uh, breaking down those kinds of imprints, those kinds of um, uh, the ways we are raised or the, way, the ways we channel ourselves is very important at a time like this when it really calls upon us to be all there, you know, the whole person at all times. I think one of the, place, one of the things that got us where we are is complacency and willful ignorance and uh, conditioned ignorance, you know, people who just never have realized where their privilege is coming from or how it reinforces it and what the price of that is on other people's lives. And so the kind of things you were talking about, I can really relate to that we have blocked off so much uh, wisdom and compassion by just uh, listening to the imprints or, or surrendering to these um, secondary identities. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, I think it's definitely true, and we something for each individual listener to uh, think about and reflect on and meditate on, or whatever way in which you can do it in order to make it more actionable. So that then in your life, it's 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 each of our responsibility to go out into the world and testify and to um, kind of be bear witness to love and bear witness to uh, you know listening. Bear witness to being in the moment, being witness to uh, trying to uphold uh, human dignity and human, uh, human, uh, you know, just our humanness, you know. So this is the Truth to Power Show on Radio for Brooklyn. We air every Monday at 8 a.m. Uh, we rebroadcast most of the time on Thursdays at 9 a.m., although that is subject to change. So check our listings in case you're, if you're not sure at RadioForBrooklyn.org. Or go to readyforbrooklyn.org slash truth to power. And you can find our, our previous 120 episodes, 121 episodes um, listed there. So you can listen to all our episodes, binge listen, if you will. Uh, so we'll be going out. Uh, thank you so much to all you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Julian. Very thank nice you, to Julia. meet you today. Thank you, thank you, Julia. Thank you. So listen to Saltwater as we go out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. Right, so it's playing Saltwater right now. The listeners can hear. <laughs> All right, cool. All Good. right. Well, this is really delightful to you. Good luck with uh, getting adapted to the new plans. We're all working with that in some way or another. All right, so go off then. Take care. All right. Have a lovely day. All right. Thank you, DJ. See you soon.